if I'm not getting done the thing that we decided me and my manager was important for me to work on to help the business, then, you know, I'm not working on the right thing and not focusing on the right things. That's where I've found OKRs to be quite helpful is to keep me focused on the right thing, not the, the easy thing to do next. Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creators. My name is Femke. And my name is Charlie. In today's episode, we're going to talk about something that I don't think we've really touched on much before in past episodes, and that is goal setting in a professional like work environment. Talking about OKRs or other ways that um, yeah, your goals and your work is measured and um, like planned out while we're at work. We've talked about goals a lot in terms of our side projects and personal projects. Yes. And if you've listened to the show before, and I mean, we say it at the start of every episode, we're about motivated creators. So, you know, we do have goals, but it's just that we've mostly talked about them in terms of things we've set and that we've personally wanted to achieve less so in terms of what our companies want us to achieve. Um, and yeah, what we're doing in a work environment. So I think that'd be good to talk about. Um, it's something that I personally you know, would like to hear more designers talk about because OKRs as a concept is new to us at ConvertKit still. So yeah, I'm, I'm still seeking information. You'll be hearing my thoughts on like a designer going through this and still trying to figure it out basically. But, yeah, <laughs> That's I'm, what I'm, the show is all about, right? Yeah, good point. When has any episode not been about that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> First though, Fem, how, how's life? How's things going? Um, how's the jet lag? Are you, have you recovered yet? I've recovered, but Yay. I have like changed my sleeping pattern in the process Ooh, of okay. tell doing us, so. Tell us more. <laughs> well, I have not really been able to stay awake past 10, um, but I am getting solid nights of sleep. It's really weird. Since I've come back every night, I've like slept solid through the whole night, like a full eight hours. And it's been really amazing. Usually I wake up a little bit through the night or get a bit restless or something, but I've just been having consistently deep sleeps from like 9 30 10 p.m until sort of 7 a.m so it's actually been really nice I feel really refreshed and really awake all of the time now uh, but yeah it's it's good it's nice I mean I I definitely like now the sun is getting up a bit earlier so it makes it kind of easier in the morning to to get up uh, so yeah it's it's been good I'm over the jet lag now I'm sort of getting back into routine that I had before, but also kind of wanting to switch up my routine a little bit. I think just before I went away, I started getting a bit bored of my routine. You know, I'd always go to the same yoga class and I'd been doing that for two years. And, you know, it's nice to have routine, but also after a couple of years, I was feeling a bit like I needed a change. So now that I'm back, I'm sort of reassessing my, you know, activities that I do consistently each week and trying to figure out how to kind of change things up a bit or reprioritize. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. What are some, can you give us like a, a little example of something you've changed up? Yeah. So I have changed up when I go to yoga and now that also the season is changing. Uh, some of my like timings of things are also changing. So for example, I do rowing training and over the winter that's been in the weekends because in the evenings it's too dark. Right. You can't see where you're rowing. <laughs> exactly. It's not super safe. But now that the season's changing, you know, it's getting lighter. So now we're doing rowing on the weekdays. So, you know, things like that where I'm just kind of switching things up a little bit and adjusting to the new season that's coming, which is exciting. Nice. That's good. Yeah. 
interesting that coming back from a long trip you're sleeping better because I always I always find it's the opposite (laughs) it was unexpected but hey I will take it (laughs) yeah yeah take the sleep wherever it comes yeah how are you I'm recovering from my like cough that I had all last week which was super annoying um actually I've slept through the night the past two nights I haven't woken myself up coughing so that's good feeling so much better because of that I've also started going to the gym again which is not something I've done uh, for a very long time. Got to get that summer bud. Well, yeah, I don't know about that. But <laughs> all I do is sit around in sweatpants, but still. Yeah, it's, this is, it's feeling great to, you know, be active, get my muscles hurting again, which is good. And I, I am feeling a little bit overwhelmed with, like, thinking about the projects that I need to fit in in the next few months and a couple of big life changes and things that I'm not, like, don't want to talk about on the on the show yet but I will like you know later but yeah just it's a lot going on and I'm just trying to figure out how to aim for balance in amongst all of it which is like my focus for the year so the gym is helping with that for sure yeah but yeah just just trying to stay afloat yeah it it can be really hard especially when there's like unexpected things that come up or you weren't expecting it and you know, you have to kind of figure out how to deal with that along with all the other regular stuff you have going on. That's that's pretty stressful, especially if it's like a, you know, big thing, like a life changing thing or something that, you know, it's kind of bigger than a, a little task in your notebook. So that can be really hard. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. It's more than just like a task you can schedule one day and do yeah. it. Yeah. And there's things that I've committed to like a client project that I'm like, ah, kind of wish I hadn't done that now. But I've committed, you know, I'm going to follow through on my word and make this thing happen. But yeah, just a good lesson for me because I was already thinking, I was like, should I be doing this? Like, I, sh- it sh- I should have said no, basically. Uh, yeah, as soon as you have that hunch, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's been a good lesson for me for the future to know that, no, I should should not do it if I ever have that thought. <laughs> yeah, I've been struggling a bit. I know we're going a bit long with the catch up, but something that, you know, that I've been thinking about is like, how badly do I want to do this thing? And if it doesn't happen, how upset will I be? You know, and that kind of for me has been a good way to kind of check, like, because historically, you know, I'm so bad at saying no, I always say yes. And, you know, that obviously eventually takes its toll on you. And so this year I'm trying to be really mindful of like, how badly do I want this? And am I going to be really upset if it doesn't happen or if I say no? And, you know, that that can help me decide whether this is something worth investing my time into. I like that because I like the both sides of that, because there's some things where I'm like, yeah, I'd be really excited about this. This is really great. But also wouldn't be that upset if it didn't happen. Right. Exactly. Um, I, I used that approach recently. Like you said, I know this is going along, but quick story with um, a brand that reached out, wanted to sponsor me. They're a pretty like well-known one, great fit for my audience. Won't mention them and give them free promotion. But um, <laughs> I, I went back with my price and they were like, uh, actually it was an agency working on behalf of the brand. So I like can't blame the brand, but they were basically like, um, no, that you definitely cannot command that price with the amount of number of views you get. This is only for a 45 second pitch, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay. Well, no problem. If the budget increases, let me know. Because like it was something I was excited about, but not so excited that I'd cut my rates just to do it. Like not upset that it didn't happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. It can be hard to like do that when it comes to it, right? When push comes to shove. Yeah. Um, but yeah, something that I'm trying to stay strong on this year. 
also in that same brand email, I don't know if anyone follows me on Twitter, they might have seen, but they, they called me Nadia in this same email where they were telling me my rates were too high. Are you sure they were looking at the right channel? <laughs> well, I then replied and when they came back, they called me Nadia again. So really? <laughs> yep. They called me Charlie previously in the chains. I don't know what went wrong there, but basically don't think it was a big loss. That is <laughs> so bizarre. <laughs> I know. Anyway, shall we get into the actual topic of today? Yeah. Um, thank you, people, for sticking through that. Uh, I don't know. I hope people like our catch-ups and that it feels kind of like we're just like, you know, just chatting and you're just listening in because that's literally what's happening. Goals and OKRs. Okay. So first of all, because this was new to me and I'm sure it's going to be new to some people listening, OKR stands for Objectives and Key Results. And it's a way of setting like goals at work that are more actionable and more measurable, essentially. So it's ways to like achieve things, whereas a goal can sometimes seem like quite lofty and like aspirational and OKR is more actionable. actionable. Yeah. And um, shorter term usually as well. So at ConvertKit, it's a thing we've brought in and we're setting them per quarter. I think, no, we set them for the year as well for the company, but per quarter for each team and also for us as individuals. So there's objectives that are like overarching things you want to achieve. Like an example of one for this year for for me, for this quarter, sorry, is to um, rebrand Craft and Commerce, which is our conference. Well, I think it was like complete the design assets for Craft and Commerce, something like that. I can't remember how the objective was phrased, but the key results within it. So like all the things that I need to do to meet this objective of like having the design sorted for the conference is rebrand it, come up with a new logo, design these pages for our website, and then design these other pages for our website. So that was three key results broken into chunks so that I can like mark each one off as they're done. And altogether, if they're all achieved, that means that objective of having the design sorted would be met, if that makes sense. Yeah. So that's how they work. Is this a framework that you've used before, Femme? Because it was totally new to me when it got brought in at ConvertKit. I'd never even heard of it before. So I'm curious to know. I have used this at Atomic, my past job. We had OKRs set for, I have to dig into my memory now because it's been a couple of years, but I think we had them set for the company and then also like per department or I guess per team. I don't remember writing them for myself, like as an individual, but they were more focused on like, I don't know, maybe the objective was have a content marketing strategy. And then maybe the key results were things like start a blog or, I don't know, create some video content or something like that. And I'm curious if you do this at ConvertKit, but if I'm correct from memory, when we sort of assessed, you know, like looked back on, on our OKRs, like, oh, how did we, how did we track? Like, how did we go? Did we achieve them or not? It wasn't like a, yes, we did this. No, we did this. But for each key result, it was kind of not like a percentage, but like, so we kind of were almost there. We almost did this, but it didn't get completed. And so each thing would kind of be rated sort of on a scale. And then that would contribute towards the overall objective. And we could see like, okay, so we got 77% towards this objective, but we didn't quite reach it all the way. Yeah, that does sound kind of similar. So we use the software called 15.5 at ConvertKit that um, like keeps track of all our OKRs essentially. So you put them in the software at the start of the quarter and then each week it asks you for an update on it. So we write like a little report. Um, it asks you some nice questions as well. Like, how are you feeling? What could you be like? What do you think the company could be doing better at the moment? That sort of thing. Uh, and in that, you give an update to your objectives and 
they're measured in a few different ways. Like you can have ones that are just either they're complete or they're not like either you did it or you didn't. Right. Like, um, and when that one is used, it's kind of like, well, if you didn't do it, then it didn't help at all. Like there was no point in getting halfway there sort of thing. An example of that could be hire a new front end developer. This was one. So like <laughs> either you did it or you didn't, you don't get points for being nearly hiring one because you know, that's not useful. Yeah. Uh, you can also measure them by percentage, like you said, and also just, they could be numbers driven. So like, say we want to increase the traffic to our website from like uh, 200,000 to 300,000 visits or whatever, then that's a number that you work towards um, and you just update with where you got up to essentially. But yeah, that's the point is right. Is that they're measurable? Like you said. Yes, totally. And in your experience, have you found this a helpful way to, to write goals? Do you find that you can sort of better track your progress and sort of the goal is kind of a bit more tangible or achievable because you know what you have to do or I don't know what's been your experience like with OKRs in general Mm, this is tricky so I've found it difficult to set them if that makes sense but once I have them sorted I really like having this framework and knowing exactly what's important to me each each quarter right like I never have to wonder what I'm working on not that I did before but it's more like it's all planned in advance whereas previously at Convert we're a little bit looser and we're just kind of like like go with the flow a bit more we'd work on big projects but if something else came up that we thought we should tackle we'd go for it whereas with this framework it kind of makes us reconsider that a lot more which I think is a good thing you know less shiny object syndrome and all that I think that's what OKRs can definitely help with but yeah I have found them really difficult to set as a designer I think because of the metrics based like measurable part of of things like I wouldn't want to set an OKR for myself like as an individual that I'd be uh, responsible for to improve the conversion rate of a website from like, you know, 2.5 to 3.5% or whatever. I think that there's things I can do to help towards that, but I don't think that's something that just me as the designer should be responsible for. So I don't, I don't want to set that as my key result, if that makes sense. Yeah. But then does that get set as a key result for your team or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. We have things like that for the team, but I've just found it hard to then apply, like, and think about what I should be setting and how I should be measuring it for myself. Yeah. Yeah. Currently we're at ConvertKit Book Club. We're reading a book called Measure What Matters. And in that book, it's all about OKRs, how they got brought in to Google, um, you know, and how they're used in the tech industry, how to do them well. And it's, it's a good read, like would recommend if anyone's interested in OKRs to understand the process a bit better than probably how we're explaining here. But yeah, in it, they talk about the fact that OKRs shouldn't really be used for performance, um, reviewing, like ranking performance. Mm, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Right. Which currently we do at ConvertKit because it's been like an experiment. I don't know if that's something we'll do forever, but at the moment we are. So essentially for our performance reviews, we have, there's three levels. One means you're kind of like doing pretty badly and we need to have a talk and get you back on track. Two means you're doing a great job. You're doing what we expect of you. Three means you're going over and above. You're doing outstanding. So we've said like how our performance maps at the moment is if you achieve 100% of the OKRs that you've set, then you're ranked at a level three because you've, you've like, you've done everything. And for that reason, we're encouraged to set stretch goals. If that makes sense. And if you achieve 80% of them, then you're ranked at a two and lower than that is a one. So measuring is kind of important when 
the performance comes into it, you know? And I was finding that if I set things like, okay, I've got to complete the conference website. Did it get complete? Cool. Did it not? Oh, then I get zero, you know? So what's been hard for me is figuring out ways to measure that. So taking like a project and breaking it down and thinking, okay, what would 50% of this project look like? Like, what would I have to get to to get to there? What would I have to get to to get to 75? Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. So that's been a a frustrating part of it for me is the scoping side of things, I guess, because I feel like I'm spending a lot of time thinking about OKRs and like not as much time actually doing the work, which, yeah, is a little frustrating. But I guess if you didn't have individual ones at Atomic, you probably didn't have that issue. No. Because the company would like maybe your manager had that issue, though. Maybe they were dealing. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But I I was never in that position where I where a my performance relied on OKRs and B, where I had to kind of scope them, I guess, from a design perspective. But yeah, that does sound really challenging. Like, how do you like how do you say when a website is like 50 percent done? You know, that's that's kind of hard. Yeah, it is. If any designers are listening to this right now who work in you know, tech companies where OKRs are implemented and you've got some good ideas. I'm just going to say I would love to hear about it because I want to get better at this. So, like, just a mid-show pitch to, to tweet us <laughs> at Design Life FM and tell, tell us how things are sorted where you are. But, Fem, if you don't use OKRs at Uber, how are your goals, tasks, you know, whatever, how is that all set out for you then? How, how does that work? Yeah, good question. So we are encouraged to set two types of goals. One is sort of considered like a community goal. So that's like, what goal do you have in terms of like giving back to the team or like contributing to the culture, things like that. And then the other set of goals we set are personal goals. So what do you want to improve upon or achieve or develop? And, you know, you could have multiple. I think it's encouraged to have three for each of those. So three community goals and three personal goals. So unlike OKRs, these are not really related to the business, right? Or, or the company or like the overall objectives. Typically we have goals set like for each project, but we don't really have goals set at the sort of bigger sort of like team level, I guess. It's a lot more kind of, we work in project teams and within those project teams, we, at the start of the year, get together and talk through what we want to work on that year, what we want to achieve. And we kind of prioritize the potential projects we could work on. And that, you know, ends up being a a list and prioritized order. And we kind of start from the top and start making our way through the bottom. But there's not really the sense of like team OKRs of like, how are we tracking and are we on track to achieve this goal? Uh, Yeah, we don't really have that, which now that I think about it is kind of interesting. (laughs) Yeah, it is interesting for such a big company. It's also interesting to me that, well, just from the way you described it then anyway, it sounds like the design team is coming up with what projects they should work on. Whereas I would more expect it to be that, okay, some business analyst or something has said, look, we've noticed like a much higher conversion rate or like whatever, when people do this. So let's design to improve on this to like match that, you know, and like ask you to do that rather than you deciding what you should work on. So we have different project teams. And if you think of a project team, it includes a designer, a product manager, a whole group of engineers, data science, ETC. And so we all get together and we look at the list of projects and 
then we prioritize them sort of in a group, but also keeping in mind like any sort of urgent projects. This project has to be done by July 31st because a new legislation is coming in and we need to be compliant, for example. So we, we do consider those um, when we're prioritizing, but I guess like it's not just me, the designer that gets to choose. We choose all together as a whole team. So that includes, you know, data engineering, product operations, everything. That makes sense. Yeah. So you've got those data people on the team who are probably guiding you on what's important. Yes. And we do get advice from like risk and legal and security teams that say like, no, this needs to be done because otherwise, yeah, we're not compliant, which obviously would not be good. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. At Convert How Works, the projects we work on are driven mostly by product, I guess. Like, for example, a big one we've been working on this month is a landing page challenge, which will be coming out like shortly. So I'm fine to talk about it. In fact, maybe it's announced by the time this episode is. (laughs) But basically, we're bringing out a bunch of new landing page templates inside the app. So we wanted to talk about them, like market them, let people know we've got them and also get people using them because we've found that there's a much higher retention rate of people who create a landing page versus those who don't, you know, so we want to get people using them Um, because a lot of people like want to build an audience, but they don't have a website. They don't know how to make a website. So landing pages are great for that. Right. So, yeah, we've come up with this challenge idea, but as a marketing team, we came up with that. Like we were told you need to market landing pages. And so then as a team, we decided, okay, this is how we're going to do it essentially. Uh, Yeah. That's kind of how it's worked for us. And then, so that's the team level and then filtered down to me. That means I have an objective about, I think it's about product marketing. I can't remember what the objective is called, which is probably a bad sign. (laughs) But yeah, one of the key results is to design the, the sign up pages for our, for our challenge that's happening. And I'm going to measure that in terms of percentage. Although (laughs) If I don't get it all done, then the challenge doesn't happen. So there's not really much point in being anything less than 100%. But yeah. <laughs> question, like practical question for you. How often do you revisit your OKRs and when do you write them? We've only been doing this for, I think this is the third quarter we've been doing it. So actually that's quite a while now, but we've been slowly getting more and more organized as time's gone on. Uh, the first quarter we did it, we were writing them kind of like a couple of weeks in. So that meant that there was only like half the quarter left by the time they were all sorted to actually work on them. The second quarter we did a bit better. I think we had them within the first few weeks. And then this quarter we did a lot better. As a marketing team, we had them before the quarter started, like just before though. So yeah, we're getting better. And I think we want to be able to do more scoping and stuff the quarter before to be able to have them ready for the quarter after and ready to work on them, if that makes sense. And in terms of revisiting, I would say I revisit them maybe once a week when I'm sitting down to plan what I'm going to work on that week. My OKRs kind of uh, control that. So I can look at things like right now I'm planning on, well, in my OKRs, it says I need to design the redesign the webinar signup flow for ConvertKit. And that's not something I've made much progress on yet. It's sitting at about like 2% complete in my self-reporting, you know. So it's the start of March now. There's only a couple of weeks left of the quarter. So I look at that and I'm thinking, okay, I really got to... Okay, I need to get going. Yeah, really need to prioritize this if I'm going to get it done in time, you know. So it come, yeah, it does really come in handy for where I should be spending my time. Because I think otherwise it's just super easy to get caught up in the smaller things and the little details. And 
that can be a good excuse as well, because right, everything I'm doing is useful, right? I'm helping other people on my team. I'm improving this thing. I'm improving this thing. But if I'm not getting done the thing that we decided me and my manager was important for me to work on to help the business, then, you know, I'm not working on the right thing. I'm not focusing on the right things. So yeah, that's where I've found OKRs to be quite helpful is to keep me focused on the right thing, not the the easy thing to do next, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And have you considered writing OKRs for yourself, like personally, for your side projects and things like that? Or you just, you think it only sort of has a place in the workplace? I don't know. You know what? I started setting out like planning tasks per quarter this year. I think we might've talked about this in our like first episode of the year we do when we talk about our personal goals for the year. I haven't considered writing OKRs for them, I think because I wasn't very good at it. Maybe once I finish reading this Measure What Matters book, I might feel a bit more confident to do that. And yeah, I think that could be a really good idea because I definitely get shiny object syndrome when it comes to my personal projects, even more so than work. So I probably need them more in my personal stuff than I do at work, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I, yeah, I mean, we've talked a lot about goals on the show uh, in terms of side projects, but yeah, I've never really considered being like strategic in how I set goals for myself. Um, but maybe I should read this book that, that you're currently reading. It sounds interesting. Yeah. And I think that I took a small step at the start of this year and to, to think in quarters rather than just what I want to do this year, you know, and that has definitely already come in handy because just in the shower this morning, which is where I do most of my thinking time, you know, Um, I was thinking about this portfolio course I want to do. I was like, oh, maybe I should start writing a plan, you know, like start some notes. Nope, that is not scheduled to be worked on until quarter two. So forget about it for now. Move on to the things that you already promised yourself you'd work on this quarter. So yeah, maybe OKRs would just help with that even more. Yeah, true. So your goals, the way you describe them anyway, it sounds like Maybe they're measured by whether you just complete the project or not. And I would guess that you set like a time frame for the project itself. Yeah. So we, I think we revisit, we set our goals at the start of every year and then we revisit them halfway through the year. We have mid-year and end-of-year performance reviews. So that's when they kind of come up and, and we have a discussion about it. Uh, from my experience so far and from what I've heard from other people is that they don't have a huge influence on your performance, you know, in terms of like, if you're going for a promotion or things like that, uh, we have a totally different, like this whole Excel spreadsheet of criteria for each level that you need to achieve in order to be promoted to that level. And some of the things in there do include things like, is this person, you know, giving back to the, to the team and are they like mentoring other people, things like that. So in a way, like they kind of tie in, but it's not like we sit down and go through my goals and sort of check off like which ones I achieved or not. And then that influences my performance review. Interesting. Does that motivate you then? Cause maybe it's just, I'm very motivated by like performance and like being rated like that. So I find when, you know, if I'm like, I'm going to be rated on this, then I'm definitely going to get friggin' get it done because, you know, I want a good rating. But I know not everyone works that way. Yeah, no, I have to say, no, it doesn't motivate me. And I've seen that also with some of my other colleagues have had the same goal for nearly three years now. Yeah. And still, you know, like one of my colleagues has the goal of learning Framer 
for example. And he has had that goal since he started <laughs> at the company. Wow. And he's like, yeah, every year I'm like, this is the year. And he just doesn't get to it. And I think like one of the reasons why is because of this, right? There's not really much motivation to do it if you're not being evaluated or being held accountable or being held accountable. Exactly. So I do think that is a bit of a issue. Um, and it also definitely means that, you know, I set my goals at the start of the year and for the first couple of months, I'm like enthusiastic about it and making time for it. And then by the time April comes around, I'm like, well, I got way too much work to do and all these projects. And so, you know, your goals start slipping. Uh, so that can definitely be a big problem. So I think there's definitely things we can do to improve that. Yeah, I, I would find that too. Previously, before we had OKRs, we would still set goals each quarter at ConvertKit, but um, they were kind of like a lot looser, you know, and there was often things that I didn't do and then I could be like, well, but I did this instead, you know, that was helpful for the company. And so, yeah, we kind of were held accountable and like the goals we set versus what we got done was how our performance reviews went, part of it at least. But yeah, it wasn't like a measurable system like it is now that we have OKRs. So yeah, for that reason, I like it's encouraging me to get more things done, but it's also making me like be really selective about what I choose to take on as a goal because I'm like, no, this is going to directly relate to my performance review, which in turn directly relates to how much profit sharing check I get. So I don't want to set myself up for failure. Exactly. One thing we have started doing recently is actually sharing our goals within the team. Good. Because before that it was private like you wrote it in this software system and it goes to your manager but that's kind of it and we sort of realized like hey if we know what each other's goals are we can actually help each other so for example if I know that you know my team member over here maybe they have a goal of improving their public speaking this year and you know I see a speaking opportunity come up whether it's internal or external or whatever I can say to this person you know hey you know I saw your goal is public speaking and I saw this thing is happening why don't you give that a go so we've been doing that which has been really really good actually because now there's a little bit of that motivation right like we can motivate each other uh, which is cool but still I think we need to do more work in, in terms of you know being accountable because we still don't really have that yeah, yeah. I think that that's a huge part of it. And okay, Alice has given that to me. But and there's benefits and there's downsides to it, I think. Because, yeah, like I said, it does take a lot of time to figure them out and get set up. And I feel like I'm doing a lot of thinking about goals and OKRs rather than just thinking about the work. So, yeah, there's definitely, definitely ups and downs to it. I think it can also make you less interested in or like you could use it as a crutch. So like, oh, I really need, like, someone on the team really needs help with this. And I'm like, well, sorry, it's not part of my OKRs. So, you know, don't have time to work on it. Whereas before this, I would have just been like, yeah, let me help. But top tip to counteract that, I put one of my key results in that I will either complete or, or schedule in advance um, any tasks that team members ask of me. So that that way it's counting when I'm working on these small things and I'm making the space for it as well. Yeah. And usually they're small things and I can get them done. But if someone requested something a lot bigger, I just wanted to make sure to cover myself with that like all scheduling part that I wouldn't have to get it completed just because someone wanted it, you know. Yeah. There's still, you know, other things that are important. To yeah, work on. for sure. But it just means that I would say, okay, well, I can't work on this right now, but it's something that I'll make sure I put into my OKRs for, for quarter two and we'll get that done for you. That's a good way of covering like, 
you know, if you're helping your teammates, that that kind of counts for something. Yeah, and I would say also another tip, if anyone else is setting OKRs in their team and going through this too, I don't know how, how common it is actually, but yeah, I think it's fairly common. But make sure that if there's a project that you're working on that is going to require input from someone else as well, make sure you talk to them about it and that you're both putting it in your OKRs. Because otherwise, like there's a lot of things that I want to work on, but I can't complete unless I have Danny, my copywriter, doing the writing for it. So I need to make sure that we've both got that as a priority so that we can both work on it together. Or Corey, who's the developer that I work with now, like need him to build out the thing. So got to make sure that he knows it's coming and that, that it's something for him to work on as well. Yeah, that makes sense. feel like we're kind of coming to an end here of this super nerdy, <laughs> feels like kind of like corporate talk. But yeah, I think it's a reality that a lot of us are being measured on our performance at work and yeah. we're setting goals at work and we've got to figure out a way to do it in the way that, you know, doesn't stop us being creative and still gets the work done and also still counts towards the business goals, I suppose. So like I said in the middle there, if any other designers listening to this uh, have gotten good at OKRs and have some tips for me, then would love to hear them. Please tweet them at designlife.fm or if you want to write something longer than a tweet thread, then you can email us hello at designlife.fm. Would love to hear about it. Yeah. Also, if you've enjoyed listening to the show, uh, send us a photo of you listening to it. Ooh, I like this idea. Yeah. Maybe you're on your commute right now or you're in the gym or going for a run or I don't know, at home cooking dinner or something. Uh, send us a photo of you listening to the show and tag us on Twitter at Design Life FM. We'd love to see sort of where you listen to the show and how you get your inspiration. Yeah, I love that. And if you're not not the selfie-taking kind of person, then just take a picture of your surroundings, you know. Just yeah. show us where you're listening. Where are our voices being played right now? <laughs> I'd be interested in hearing that. That is weird to think about. It is weird. It's, yeah, so, something I try not to think about too much. Like, yeah, that's a bit mind-blowing. All right. Before we dwell on that too much, let's sign off and get on with our days. <laughs> All right. See you next week. Yep. Hope you're listening. Have a, have a good day and talk to you next week, fam. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.